Chuck a chuck a chuck a chuck. Oh man, we are gonna be late for lunch. This is not good. Um, we gotta knock this pot out. Welcome back to the RUF at UNAP podcast. We're excited that you have joined us for another episode. I'm the campus minister, Tommy Park, with my dear friend, Aldo Mondin. Yep. We're here. We're back. We're it's back. the podcast that never ends. It's the podcast that never ends. We're making it. Yeah, we are. We're, we're a little above our uh, three listener average. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think we'd make it through three podcasts, but here we are. What number? What didn't even number? I think are we this on? is eight. Ocho. Is this eight? Yeah. Oh, number Ocho. Man, that's good. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're doing it. It's one week at a time. One week at a time. One step. Yeah, one step. So did you have a good week? I did. I did. Um, Yeah, I got a gym membership. That's exciting. And I went down the itch to Tuckney. There you go. Boom. Party time. That's that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, it's the highlight of a Corona um, lifestyle is outdoor events. Yeah. It's trying to stay cool. That's my motto. Especially when it's 100 outside. Yeah. Well, I think you're always cool, Tommy. Well, thank you. That's what my kids say. No. <laughs> so, speaking of, of kids and dads. Oh. Aldo, it's your it's your your turn. My turn for the dad joke? Yep. This Ladies. is this is for you. I was like, I was looking through some dad jokes. And I almost went one way because this is our eighth podcast. I almost went one way. But I decided to go another way because I was like, man, this this joke is really like, this is just for Tommy. So if you're not Tommy, you can tune out right now. But here you go, Tommy. You ready? What kind of tree does a chicken grow on? I don't know. A poultry. Oh. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Oh, that was good. Thanks, Chick-fil-A, for sponsoring yeah, that joke. Yeah, this portion of the podcast brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A, when you are in a hurry and still love Jesus, <laughs> it's Chick-fil-A. So, well, if you've been part of the last seven episodes this summer we've been walking through the apostles creed uh, we're, we're doing this for a couple of reasons one to kind of lay out the basics the essence of christianity what do we simply believe as christians and so uh, and this is for our students so a number of our students you know, might be new to christianity thinking through what you know what do we believe as christians and some of our students might have believed their whole life and so just kind of a great reminder but also some of our students are still curious about Christianity. And so we just kind of want to lay out some of that, that basic essence of what Christianity is. And so, you know, don't no stop. better place for it than the apostles creed. That's true. Don't stop believing. <laughs> so that's our motto for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Don't stop it's, believing. Yeah. We, we probably should have titled that, but oh, that's amazing. Next time we're rookies still. So let me read the uh, apostles creed for us. So we are reminded of this statement of faith. Um, so uh, it says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He de descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Man, that was quick. You nailed that. I've been practicing. That was good. I can so, tell. Yeah. What are so where are we at this week? Yeah. So last week if well, I I good thing I know. Um so last week we covered that piece where it talked about the Holy Spirit. Uh if you remember that, where usually us Presbyterians we forget about the H ghosts. <laughs> I've I've forgotten that we talked about it already. Yeah, so there so, we go. There we go. Case in point, Aldo. Um so last week we looked at the whole who was the Holy Spirit, that he wasn't just a a force who was an actual person. He's part of the Godhead and some aspects, some practical aspects. Uh, this week, we're looking at that phrase, uh, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. And so we're going to Holy Catholic Church. kind of lay out what is the church? What is a church? What is the church? And, and some practical applications of that. And so, yeah. I mean, and right off the bat, I think we're already in some, some interesting waters because people say, you know, they talk about the Holy Catholic church. And I think immediately that throws some people off. So why don't you just, you know, before we get into even church and all that, what, what was going on with the word Catholic in there? Cause I think that, that, that throws people off. They're like, I thought this was RUF reformed <laughs> podcast. I didn't, I didn't know this was, you know, the Pope cast. Yeah. And I think almost every church I've been to when they recite the Apostles' Creed, there's always like a little star here and a little footnote at the bottom that ex- explaining that Catholic is kind of old English way of saying universal. Uh, the, the church that has has existed through, you know, all of history, through all times, throughout the whole world, that's the Catholic church. That's the universal church. Um, and one way I think that really, and I think this is where the kind of the distinction between, and we'll kind of go through this, but there is a difference between the church and a church mm. um, and, and what the creed is uh, professing is more about the church than a church. Um, yeah. So the church universal, the church Catholic. And one way to really, I think biblically really lays this out in Paul and the very, how he starts first Corinthians, he says this, uh, he said, you know, and he kind of starts like this to all his letters, which is on a side note, a majority of, Paul's, well, all Paul's letters are that to churches. So, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about is as a church's Christianity is starting, the church is starting, a lot of the New Testament is letters written to churches. But anyways, that's all for free. That wasn't in the notes. So 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2 says this, to the church of God that is in Corinth. So they're kind of talking more particular about a church versus the church to those sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints together with all those who are in every place called upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. So I think that second half of that verse really tells us more about the Catholic church, the universal church. So here Paul is bringing it narrowed down particular to the church in Corinth, a church in Corinth, and then how they're connected to the church universal, the church Catholic. And so, right. No, that's a really good point of like, there's that sense of, you know, we can talk about our church and the, what our church does and what our church believes and what our, how our church works and all those things. But it's important to remember that our church is just a tiny piece of a larger, uh, a larger group, a larger church, a larger um, movement for lack of a better term of like what God is doing in the world. And that's, all the people everywhere gathered together um, 
who call upon his name. And that's an important part to remember because I think sometimes it's easy for us to get focused on our own little corner of, of Christianity and, and lose sight of the big picture. Yeah, in one place I heard this, I forgot who explained it this way, but just like, well, we'll get to this later where, you know, church is kind of the family of God, it's the body of Christ. And so there's, as First Corinthians 12 puts it, there's many members to one body. And we usually think of that in at a particular church. Right. Know? But it's also true for the church that there is this many members to one body sense. So there is this universal, like even in the city of Jacksonville, there is members, a.k.a. different particular churches throughout the city that all are connected to the church. And and those two need to be re- remembered. Um, and so. Right. And in, in some ways, I mean, there's, you know, there's healthy differences between them. Um, but in some ways, you know, like their different locations, the different makeup of the congregations, um, some of the different ways that they go about doing things are in some ways a testimony to the beauty of the church and are important part of what the church is, is that not every church looks exactly the same. And, you know, we'll get through going later on some marks of the church and some things that we think are like, Hey, these are pretty important that you need to have if you're going to be a church and, um, be doing ministry. But it is also important to realize that there are a lot of different expressions of those things and how some people do them is really great for their, their place, their context and what God's called them to. And then how you might do it at your church, a little different, but we're all part of this one thing called the Catholic church or the universal church. Yeah. And I think that's important to just be reminded. That's what gets you in. You believe in the church, not a particular church. Right. And so why don't we just maybe like, I kind of sent us off talking about the Catholic Church because I wanted to address that early on because I think that could be a big stumbling block for people. But one thing I did want to just kind of maybe backtrack on is like, let's talk maybe a little bit about why why should we why we bother talking about the church? Like, why is why is the church even in the creedal document? Why not you know just me and Jesus and some quiet times? And why don't I just like you know, dump some water on my head to baptize myself and, um, drink grape juice and crackers at home. Like why, why do I need to, why should I even bother with this institution? Cause it's messy. It gets bit of people involved and those people sometimes a little crazy. Like why should I even be bothering with this thing called the church? Like why is it in the creedal documents? Why does anybody care? Yeah, no, I think there's a lot to say about this. One, I think it's important to note that the church is God's creation and not a simple human institution. And I think a lot of people in our world today think the church is a, a kind of a man-made thing uh, and not a God thing. And I think first we need to realize, and I think this is what the creed's saying, is that the church is God's. It's his thing, and he has created it. He is still working in and through it. Um, and also another thing I would mention is that the church consists of whom God is gathering together. Yeah. Uh, and you see that from the very beginning of the Bible to the very end is, is this, uh, we'll see different images, but he's gathering his people. And the last thing, and this is, would go with kind of my earlier point with Paul addressing all these churches is that the new Testament does not endorse this rugged individualism. Uh, we live in America that it's all about me, myself, and I, um, and life is okay if I get what I want. And the Bible actually kind of pushes us back on that reality and that you need to be, you're actually, as a Christian, you're being called into something, and that something is God's assembly, his temple, his bride, his family, the body, the, 
the chosen ones throughout. And so um, it's really, and that's why I think we feel the rub is that we want it our way, kind of like Burger King, I guess. Uh, but the reality is God knows us so well that we need to have it his way. And the, what his way is, is that he's calling us into his His bride, his church, his family uh, to be involved in that. Uh, First Peter gives us this really great, uh, and this Peter's quoting a number of verses throughout the Old Testament. And, uh, and you know, he just kind of describes the church this way, that you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so, so it's just important to really understand that God's church is that of, it's his church, his creation. It's not a simple institution and that he's calling us into that. Yeah. I think one of the things you said there that really struck out, stuck out to me was, um, you were talking about how the the church is God's design. And I think you're, you're so right that we oftentimes think of like, we think of Jesus and then the church is like opposites. But the thing I think that's interesting is the creed is almost implying like, I believe in God, the father almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic church. It's like those things are intimately intertwined. It's like the creed pushes us to say, you can't, you don't have all these other things without the church and without all these other ideas. Like you don't get to just have like, I believe in Jesus and I don't have to believe in all these other things, or I don't have to engage in those things. But like those things are intimately woven together in the sense that the church is the way in which we see the expression of God working in the world, that we see where the spirit is moving. It's in the church that he's designed. He hasn't like, you know, gone, well, I guess this is work. I mean, that's what the apostles decided to do. Sure. I guess we'll go with that. But it's actually, those are, those are wound together of like what God's mission in the world and what he's doing through Jesus and through the Holy spirit is intimately connected with the church. I think that's such an important point because I think we sometimes think, well, you know, I've got my personal spiritual encounter with Jesus over here. And then, you know, I kind of have like the church over here and those things don't often touch, but actually like for Jesus, for God, those things are intimately connected that his mission in the world is the church. Yeah. And then like one church father said this way back in the day, he said that you cannot have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother. Heavy stuff. Yep. Um, and then Matthew Henry, another kind of, you know. Not quite as old, dead not guy. Not quite old, yeah. Uh, he said that when you take God, when we take God for to be our God, we also take his people to be our people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so, and even another guy in uh, England, Martin Lloyd-Jones, talked about that church membership, being part of a church is, is the greatest honor that, that anyone can have in this world. Yeah. And so that's something to think about, like, being part of a church is the biggest honor. I mean, that's something to kind of sit down and kind of think, because we often would think of, could be graduation at a certain school. It could be getting married. It could get lining up with this job. But no, Martin Lloyd-Jones says that the church is so important that the greatest honor that anyone can have in this world is actually being part of the church, of the church of Christ. Yeah. And I, I mean, that goes kind of back is because that's, it's connecting you with God's mission. It's connecting you with God's people. It's connecting you with what God is doing in the world. And there couldn't be anything better than being connected with, with the Lord and the way that he wants to do that for you is through the church. Um, doesn't mean like 
you know, you can't have any spiritual experience apart from gathered worship. But the way that Jesus wants to move in the world, the way he wants to act, the way that the spirit moves in the world is he wants to use the church. This is, you know, um, we're the hands and feet of Christ. This is the idea is that like the church is his body in which he moves, in which he acts in the world. And so being united to him in that way, there couldn't be anything better for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of hit the the importance of the church. And now, you know, we were, we promised that we'd, we'd talk a little bit about um, what the church is all about. And I think the bigger conversation here is, you know, people are now saying they've just, they've seen the light, Tommy, it's hit them. They are, they're listening to this podcast right now and they're thinking, you know what, it's time. I'm going to join a church, but like, how do I, how do I pick? Cause like I drove up and down my street and there's 18 different ones and which one, which one should I go to? So let maybe like, can you just walk us through like, Hey, what, what should I be looking for? What's some, what are like the true marks of the church? To use the fancy churchy word. Like what's the, what's the marks of the church? And then maybe like some practical, easygoing tips for just, hey, here's what I think is important for as you're making that kind of decision to to get involved with a local church. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. So marks of the church. So coming out of the Reformation, um, the reformers, I guess, would kind of laid out like, what is a true church? What is a church and how you kind of, how's that? kind of laid out and then the reformers have kind of laid out on three things there's three marks um and acts 2 i think is helpful here uh, acts 2 42 and 47 where it kind of this is the early church um and this is how they were described back then uh, acts 2 says this and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and the all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common, selling their possessions. Day by day they would enter the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, receiving food with glad and generous hearts. Sounds like college students for free food. Uh, praising God with all favor. Um, and the Lord added to their number. And so you, you kind of see a couple things there. You see one, uh, one mark of the church has been the faithful ministry of just the preaching of God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... You know, particularly on on Sunday, on the Lord's Day, just somebody would be preaching the Word of God. Uh, And so that was, so again, back to your original question is, you know, what, what, if I'm looking for a church, what are some things I'm looking for? One, that's, honestly, that would be the number one thing I would look for. Is this church preaching God's Word? And is it preaching the fullness of God's Word? Um, And that's kind of laid out in a lot of different ways, but I guess the best way I have I have seen it is what's called um, when people preach um, exegetically, meaning they they kind of pick a book of the Bible and they just kind of walk through that book. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say you know we can have a different podcast, you know, not to say they they can preach topically at different times, but I think there's something about picking, and this is what we do at RUF. You know, like last spring, we walked through Colossians, you know, and some texts come up that are probably uncomfortable that you wouldn't, A, you wouldn't maybe want to just go ahead and teach from or particularly in a college setting, but that's God's word. We're just going to walk through it and let God is faithful and he's communicated. So, so the first mark is preaching God's word. And so 
So you want to look for that. You want to look for the very preaching of God's word yeah. too. I just, oh. one quick kind of point yeah. on that before you jump onto the second one is I think like a kind of red flag for me is like, and I, when I say this, I'm going to just say this now. I've seen this in every context possible. So whether it's our own tribe of Presbyterians, every different type of church I've been to. This is not like picking on anybody in particular, but I've seen it's like, you know, you have the kind of reading that starts the service. And if you're, if you're sitting there and you open up your Bible to do the reading and then you close it and you never look at it again, red flag, like that would be the red flag for me of like, Hey, are they, are they preaching? Am I like constantly being taken back to the text? And I've seen that, you know, in, I mean, I definitely remember being where I heard somebody from, you know, a Presbyterian church, my own, my own people, I'll pick up my own people. And they were awesome in terms of communicator. They were hilarious. I remember, you know, so much about their communication, but I don't remember anything about the text that they were preaching from. And so I think that's an important part is if you're going to be connected to a local church, it's like, hey, man, did I leave today knowing even 0.01% more? about the text than I did before. Like what was, what, you know, what can I take away from, from that? So I think that's an important part that's, you know, we can easily get caught up in, oh, they had like a really good illustration there. And it's like, Hey, I'm three cheers for good illustrations, but. Yeah. The one thing I would add here is if you're talking about the church as an event to go to versus a community to belong to, there's probably something there that you need and even myself needs to check. Cause often even myself, I might even, we're going to go to church. Like I go to the movies. Right. And that's not what the church is designed for. I've been created for uh, church was designed for us to be part of something. And so in particular, the hearing and the preaching of God's word. And so you just want to be careful in, in, in looking at this and looking at that and just having that be at the forefront um, and I would also say this, cause I think this always pops up particularly in, in our line of work, although with college students, cause we, we get it on the front end and we get it on the back end. So all the time I, I'm talking with freshmen and they're like, ask me what church they should go to. And, and I've said, well, and they usually will say this, well, okay, I went to the church you told me to go to pastor Tommy, but it's not like my church at home. And I usually say, well, no church in this world is like the church you had back in all. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not going to find it. Um, and then on the back end, I usually get some of my former students call me and say, hey, I'm looking for a church here in this new city that I belong to, but it's not like that church I went to in college. Yeah. And I'm like, again, you know, we had this conversation when you were a freshman about your old church. Um, you know, and so I mean, the church is so diverse and so through personalities, through demographics and through so things are like you were saying churches, even in our own tribe could do exactly the same thing, but through their personality demographics and other things, it's going to be expressed differently. And that's not a bad thing. Um, you just have to realize that you're going to, once you walk into a church, you, most of us walk in with our own presuppositions of what we think church should be. Um, and, and we need to kind of check those things at the door. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think, you know, and that goes back to what you were saying about the event versus community. And I think kind of just how we're evaluating what you said is so good is like, I think sometimes it's easy. And I, you know, I do it too, is you go to a church for the first time and you're kind of like, 
it is like watching a movie. You're like, oh, I really like this part. Oh, I don't, I don't like that part as much. You're almost like, you know, that person, man, they're great. They're great in this, but this person over here, I wish they'd replace that person with somebody a little better. It's all, you know, what I'm saying, like watching a movie and you're like looking at the characters and like, oh, I don't know if this person if that really works for them. Oh, whatever, you know. Oh, okay, like, and instead, I think the the better way is, and hopefully what we're doing when we're talking about these marks of the church is to get our evaluations in the right place where it is biblically and then be saying, Hey, you know, is this a place where I can grow and serve and belong? Um, and not, is it, you know, conforming to these like kind of stereotypes or preconceived notions that I have in my mind about what I want? Yeah. And I was going to mention this later, but I'll mention it now because you kind of brought up like one thing that always comes up when I'm, you know, maybe referring somebody to a church, they're like, well, it was actually a good church, but I was the only college student there mm. or I was the only one with kids. And I'm like, why don't you be the first? Yeah. You know, like, you know, it doesn't hurt to be the first, you know? And so, um, they're never going to have college students there unless someone's the first. No, no, a church is never going to have young adults with kids in the nursery unless you're the first. Um, and so, and I hear that a lot. I hear, oh, I really, I like that church, but it wasn't like my home one, home church. I was the only college student. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I think that you should draw into the, the things you did like, particularly if it was different. Um, so I yeah. could go on and on. I mean, this is what I do. I mean, I really, and you know, you know, we both do this, you know, RUF is not the church. And so we're really pushing our students to the church. And being here in Jacksonville, we have many different, we have great options to help our students with. And so we really want to tie our students to the local church so that that's the one thing that they're tied to for the rest of their lives. Yeah, no, and I think that's that's so important. But I think what you said there was just like about being, you know, being the first, it's kind of a different way of like, how can I come in and serve and and be part? And I think you might find like, this is just my experience personally. It's like sometimes when you're the only college student, that church comes to really value like that you're not, um, you know, the same type of member that they have of everybody else. They value your gifts maybe in a way that a church that's got a lot of college students wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Um, it's not to say that churches that have a lot of college students don't care about college students or anything like that. It's just saying like, Hey, you know, you might be able to find like, Oh, if I invest in this community, it might find like, Oh, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm the only college student here for a while, but actually all the people who are a lot older than me are really sweet and really have like cared for me really well because, you know, they all remember being in college. You know, you just, you never know what kind of blessings you're going to have. And that goes back to that kind of preconceived notion of like, here's this kind of checklist that we have, like, well, I've got to have this and this and this. And I think what you're saying there is just like, well, why don't you have an open mind about like a couple of different things that could be actually really good for you that weren't on your list. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, I'll come back to more of those things when we get to our little practical sheet. But so marks of the church, preaching of God's word. Second mark is the right administration of sacraments. And I probably just lost half of our listeners. Like what? Yeah. Um, basically it means that you, you rightly administered the Lord's supper and baptism correctly, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, we can, we'll talk about it on a different podcast, but just basically like, are you doing the Lord's Supper? Are you doing baptism? Um, are those things 
how the Bible describes them to be. That you know, the baptism is kind of this entrance into the covenant, uh, covenant community of God. Um, is the Lord's Supper more than just this thing that you do, but it's actually this thing that you partake in, that you taste and see that the Lord is good. And so, the church, particularly since the Reformation, well, and I would say. This is where the universal part comes in. Again, this is going to be dot my notes, a little soapbox. Tommy is that we often, particularly in the Reformed Presbyterian tradition, we think the church started post-Luther, which yeah. is not necessarily true. Um, and so we need to be reminded that the universal church also included the church in the Middle Ages and the early church and so forth. And so, um, but having the sacraments being administered correctly is important. So, so just take a note of that. You know, when you're looking at churches, that's an important Yeah, aspect. I mean, I think the the way, you know, because you're like, okay, like how many books do I have to read to know if the church is administering sacraments rightly? And I think a real like, I don't, I don't want to say like easy way, but a, a kind of helpful hint is just like, you know, hey, do they take the sacraments seriously? Yeah, you know, so when you go to church, you know, it's like, you know, when they talk about, communion or the Lord's supper. Is it, is it something that they do t intentionally? Is it something that's kind of just like, Hey, you know, we got, we got this other thing over here. It's kind of available. Just, just looking at that, like, Hey, what, how does it play in their kind of, um, the economy of their service? Like, is it a really important part of their service or is it something that's kind of tacked on at the end? That they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess if we, if we have to do that, I guess we can, you know, how does how does it get built up around and what's the kind of feelings around it is it is it really thoughtfully done and is it does it seem important to people and i think that's a good place to start there's always good like conversations that you can have with a pastor after that like hey you know hey i'm new to this kind of congregation i don't know a whole lot about this church whatever if that's the case and say i don't you know i saw you guys did this during your um baptismal liturgy you did this during you know communion can you tell me about that i'm Listen, pastors love that stuff. They're like, yes, I would love to tell you about that because I read 12 books about it in seminary and no one's ever asked me before. So, yeah, they'd be thrilled. Yeah, although that totally reminded me because you use a churchy word there called liturgy. Oh, yeah. Um, and a lot of times when I hear students or just people in general, even my neighbors, we, we'll talk about sometimes. And um, when they say my that, that church is not like my home church what they what they mean is liturgy even though they don't realize that but every church has a liturgy an order of their worship or the order of how they do things um and so i would just kind of lean into that how does you know some churches use the word liturgy and some just say order of service some just say check out the bulletin but all those things communicate certain aspects of of um of who you know who God is to them and how they want to communicate that reality to their their church and so forth and so um, yeah like you were saying are the sacraments being done seriously mm -hmm. um, and and how they are forming their liturgy or their order of their service communicates a lot and so I would just as as I'm checking out a church I would kind of do that so yeah and I would also say, I mean I think checking out a church is kind of a weird phrase I probably shouldn't use it but. I mean, that's kind of the reality too, particularly now in this COVID situation is that I think even before this, so much stuff's online and people will check out church via online. So is the preacher good? Right. And I would probably lean away from that, 
you know, because you're, I mean, the good, the guy could be a great communicator via some audio recording that you find on a podcast, but everything else could be done very poorly. You know, you don't want to put all your eggs in a little basket of a recording that, you know, they published. Um, and I think that also gets away from the church that, um, that you want to find a place that's nearby your house, preaching God's word, a community that's as mixed as it can be, you know, economically, generationally, racially, you know, and, and again, that's where some demographics are going to come into because does it look like the part of the city that you live in, you know, those type of things. And, and you can't get that from a website. You can't get that from, you know, Pastor Joe talking for 45 minutes. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think, you know, just piggybacking off that for a second before we get too long in the tooth here. But, um, you know, you also want to be aware, like what, what's going to sustain you when the tough times come in your church community. And especially, you know, like it's hard cause it's hard to explain to people. But like when you're at, when you leave college, it's like, you know, you start working full time, you got kids. It's just like the number of like close friends that you have, goes down significantly and it becomes more difficult. And so that church community can really become a, a, a place that where you have your close knit community and friends. And that's what you're going to need when difficult things happen in your life. Cause they are going to happen. And you know, it's not going to be like, you know, well, so-and-so is such a gifted communicator, but you're going to hope that like you have a really good, con- I mean, obviously you're going to want the comfort of God's word, but you're also just going to want to have a good community to be a part of. And you can't evaluate that through a podcast, um, you know, sermon. Yeah. And that, what you're saying takes me to the third mark. Oh, perfect. Which when I say this, you're going to be like, what is the third mark is what traditionally the people have talked about as church discipline. Yeah. But I don't review. And, and once you say it, everybody thinks of like being disciplined, you know, or like abuses in the church. Um, and I don't think, I think it, you can take it only that way, but I think it's more than that. And I think it's actually what you said it was. I think when life hits us hard, how is the church going to care for you, disciple you, encourage you? I mean, that, to me, all those things are in that phrase, church discipline. Uh, we only think of it as taking somebody, you know, taking my child, you know, back in his room and, and when he's done something bad and, and talk through that. Well, no, it's more than that. I'm, I'm disciplining my kid when I give them chores, chores to do, when I take care of them, when I feed them, all those things are to me is wrapped up in this phrase, church discipline. And usually we only look at it narrowly. And I think we need to broaden it a little bit. And as kind of back to the acts two passage, when we are doing life together and we have all things in common. And when Sally, this, sweet 68 year old lady knows me and my family and can encourage me in raising my kids. That is church discipline. Um, That is us caring for one another uh, member to member, but also is the leadership, a leadership that I can trust that when life does get sideways in my life, are they going to speak truth in my my life? But also are the, the members going to know me well enough to do that as well. And to me, that's all wrapped up in church discipline. Some people might disagree with me there, but no, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, in the same way that you said, every church has a liturgy, actually every church has church discipline. 
It just depends on like what the process is and like who it gets applied to. And so, you know, you might have like, so the churches that often people think of is like, oh, they have a lot of church. They might have, you know, like church discipline or just the people that have church discipline that um, is a more open process in the sense of like, hey, the leadership is really clear, like the process for any type of um, situation that comes up is really clear. And the places where you don't think there's a lot of church discipline, there's definitely church discipline. It just happens behind closed doors. There's no you know, process that's laid out. And so it's all kind of up to whoever's, you know, in charge at the moment. And I think that's, that's an important thing to realize is like, Hey, you know what? Like people have affairs in like churches that don't have church discipline and people have affairs in churches that do have like really set up ones and both those places they deal with it, but how they deal with it in different ways is really important. So that's a really good kind of spot. Yeah, no, that's all of this so good, and I wish we could go on forever. Um, we could go on forever. We could. And maybe what we can do here, we'll see who's listening, and we can entice them to go, because they can send in questions. You can find, say that again. You want to so, do a giveaway? Yeah, we can do a giveaway. We'll um, We'll do a, like, well, we'll do a meal or something, a meal. gift card gift card i was gonna say a book but hopefully my college students are listening and they don't care about books yeah so but yeah so somebody sent in a bunch of questions and then we'll do a follow-up on the church yeah on the questions from our listeners Ooh, i like that so that's good that's content creation right there i know we're mm-hmm. we're, we're progressive <laughs> in the good way here we're trying to be relevant we want to connect to our students on that note as progressive and relevant podcasters, we're gonna we're gonna sign off. Um, so, thanks for listening. Thanks. Hit us up on the socials. Tell your friends, enemies, neighbors, cousins, aunts, uncles, your church. Yeah, tell them tell them about this RUF at UNF podcast. Uh, good job by you, Tommy. Thank you. Bye.